50% overall from the field, but he was also 50% from threes. He's 5 to 10. I know you're out there. It's okay. Stand back there. <laughs> no, more than likely, you're going to get that number one seed. And so I want him to be ranked in the number one eight. Welcome in, welcome in to another episode of Let's Rage Cougs, presented by Star Pizza. Today's episode of Let's Rage Cougs, presented by Star Pizza. But of course, we're not coming off the heels of a football or men's basketball game. We're coming off the heels of breaking news that broke about an hour ago, a little over an hour. Uh, it was first reported by Joseph Dorothy of the Houston Chronicle. Dana Hogerson is out as the head coach for the University of Houston Cougars football team. He was fired. The According to the Houston Chronicle, the administration met with the program late last night on Saturday, and they came to the der- determination that it was time to move on away from him. I think it's fitting that the opening two paragraphs of the article in, J- in Joseph's uh, story you know, when Dana Horson was hired at the University of Houston 2019, the infamous yeah, don't want to go win some games, let's go win some games. And it didn't do that. Not enough. During the his tenure at the University of Houston, he finished 31 and 28 in his time with the Houston Cougars. As you look at the breakdowns below, four and eight is the inaugural season, three and five in 2020, 12 and two in 21, eight and five last season, and four and eight this season. Join me as always, Chris Gardner, day on Dunlap. How are y'all doing on this Sunday morning? And what are your thoughts on the move that we were we were kind of waiting to see to see if it was actually done? I think we can all agree that it was the right move that, that had to be done. Um, and I harp on they had to be done just in terms of where the the lack of support, lack of really trust in the program, the vision going forward, that's a big reason why I felt like it had to be done. But curious to get your thoughts on the move. Well, Kenneth Benoit, he's he's made a comment twice, so I want to put it up for the first time <laughs> that the alumni finally got through to Tillman and the university president. And Kenneth says he knows for sure there were the alums were exerting a hell of a lot of pressure. It's about time. Anybody who who follows me and Andy on Full Talk of Sports or Let's Race Cougs, the three of us, I said they should have done this last year to start fresh going into the first year in the Big 12. But they got it done. Maybe one year too late, but they got it done. I'm surprised, pleasantly surprised they got it done. But the folks at Media Day in July were on point. If he doesn't go at least five and seven, he's gone. Well, he's gone. So Mr. Hogerson and that, I got a huge effing contract. They can't fire me. Yes, sir. Yes, they can. Yeah, and I'm not surprised at all. I just started having a premonition and a feeling that it was going to happen. I don't know why we're during, right during our show because Chris is like, hold on, you just kind of switched. And yeah. it was just something I just had a feeling that it just only made sense because it's no logical way going forward with with Dana that you can just say all the reasons that we talked about in previous shows over and over. It, just, it didn't make sense. And so I, I knew it was only a matter of time. And so I, I smiled and rejoiced because he, he wasn't the man to leave the program to where it could be. <laughs> let, let, let's go ahead with this one this last statement our most recent statement from our our growing huh. viewership so far this is better than winning a bowl game it's better than winning the independence bowl or whatever the other the birmingham bowl is better than winning those two bowls <laughs> i'm gonna say that 
But we can talk about it. Duarte posts another article. And when Ryan joins from Go Cougs, have it, invited another special guest. I'm not sure if he'll be able to join us. But some of the names being tossed out. Will Stein, O.C. Morgan is being tossed out. He's the youngest possible candidate. He's 34 of the others. Jeff Trailers, 55. Gary Patterson is in his 60s. Willie Fritz is up there, but got a great track record. So there are some quality candidates. I'm not as high on Cliff Kingsbury. The only thing for Cliff going with for Cliff is he's still being paid his NFL contract from the Cardinals for like four more seasons. So that would help defer some of the cost that he's yeah. owed. But his nightlife and stuff, uh, <laughs> that's not going to fly here with certain people here at Houston. Do you think he'd take a discount regardless of whether he's still getting uh, NFL money? I doubt yeah. I don't think he'd still get it. I, I doubt that, yeah. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. It would put some seats. Lane is, yeah. Now I'm just going to say, Lane is good in certain areas. He does good at what he does good at. But then, like, I'm in agreement. Overall, the, he doesn't win enough, to, in my opinion. He's good at recruiting. He's a good play caller. He's, I think he's even a good coach. But – for the antics and how much you got to pay him, he don't he don't win enough. I will say this: he probably would sell a lot of seats when it comes to Cliff Kingsbury and that that offense that um um has been touted. But I I agree. I think the two the two candidates that you got to be on the top of your list, and I think I would they would be a perfect fit for Houston. That's got to be Willie Fritz and Jeff Trailer because I feel like they would have a good job of being able to embrace kind of blue collar Gary Patterson too. Houston, Gary Patterson as well, but I would I would say that though that Fritz and Trailer, I would put them above Patterson, and the reason why I look what they did, respectively at UTSA and Tulane. He he did that at, at TCU though. We we can't forget what he did at TCU. Yeah, Sonny Dykes won with Gary Patterson's players. Yeah, true. Yeah, right. It's a true. And he, even before his players, he had some success and consistency from when. Like we can't understate what he did there. The same thing. I mean, I, I'm agreeing with you, Andy. I'm just saying that he's just an eagle good candidate. Well, yeah. The thing is, we there are quality candidates. You need to pick the right one to be had. Yes. Yeah. And even then, Tulane and, and UTSA. When you look at it, even I mean, TCU. They're different um, locations, different type of programs. But even then, UTSA and Tulane, they done more with less at those respectives and I think that's something they could really rally around uh, the fan base Chris is there anything else you were going to add about any potential candidates who would you have number one at your list before we bring in Ryan Monso probably Willie Fritz Willie Fritz Jeff Trailer, Will Stein I mean he probably cost a lot of money why would he leave Oregon that's going to the Big Ten to go to a school in the Big 12 but he'd be head coach here in the Big 12. But offensive, you know, he's got connections to the state, all those kind of things. That would cost a lot of money, but it's not my money. If they want to take that risk, well, that'd be a hell of a hire. That'd be a home run hire, I think. Yeah, crap says they need a winning P5 slash power four or power four guy. He thinks before we bring in Ryan Monso of GoCooks.com, we'd like to thank Star Pizza for today's sponsorship on this special edition of Let's Reach Cooks, obviously coming off the heels of the breaking news that Dana Horgerson is out as the head coach at the University of Houston football program. Star Pizza with multiple locations across the Houston area. Star Pizza is your go-to stop before or after the game or I guess after breaking news and your university football team changes head coach 
coaches, be sure to stop by any of their three locations every Tuesday during lunch for an all-you-can-eat pizza buffet. That's at all three of their locations every Tuesday. And uh, like I said, Star Pizza, your go-to spot before or after the game. On that note, let's bring in Ryan Monso of GoCoops.com, who's quick with his articles the moment that Dana Hogerson, uh the news broke. How did that happen? Let go. It's almost like he had it planned he had it all prepared ready to go because mm. the info the stats everything the details in that article ryan when did you write the article man when was that put together 2020 <laughs> back to you chris <laughs> well bravo <laughs> bravo yeah. it but do you have let's get let's back up what are your thoughts on it were you surprised that they finally did it yeah. No, I told everybody uh, for weeks that I didn't think it was coming. And it wasn't because it wasn't deserved and it wasn't because the numbers didn't support it. It was because this administration has not been proactive in things like this, but they were this time. And bravo to them. Kudos to them for now. Yes. Because the most important thing isn't firing the guy. It's getting the next guy right. Yes. And if they can get it right on the front end and then get it right on the back end, then that's a home run. And they have not had many of those recently. Yes. You know, Kelvin Sampson was a home run, but Kelvin Sampson told you he was coming. You didn't ask him. Kelvin did not interview for the job. He said, okay, I'll take your job. Tom Herman was kind of the same thing. He had to go through the process, but – he kind of picked Houston versus Houston picking him. Everybody else you pick in the last 15 years since Kevin Sumlin has been a failure. Yep. Basketball, football, baseball. And they got to get this one right. It's a big, big hire because it's a mess. And just by changing the head coach, it's not going to, all of a sudden not be a mess. Agreed. You, you, you know, I mean, I could go coach Andy's basketball team and I don't think they'd be any better or worse. It's just, you, you got your players, right? Your players matter. And what you do execution wise matters, but how you get them ready matters. And on our site, gokooks.com, today we wrote about how disastrous the starts have been to games and how third quarters have been. You come at a halftime and the other team has made adjustments and thought about things and they're blowing your doors off. In the last five games, I believe it's 42 to three in the third quarter. That's not good. Well, Ryan, you scored, Ryan, you know why that happened, Ryan. It's, it's because they, they 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 wore out. They were tired. Well, Big Ryan. Twelve bodies are are, are <laughs> a massive issue, especially at Central Florida and Cincinnati, who kicked the crap out of you in the last three weeks. Do you, do you uh, have a head coach in mind? Club, I want a coach that has built programs. I okay. don't want a hotshot offensive coordinator. I want a guy that has built programs. That guy is not Jeff Trailer. Jeff Trailer built one program with one quarterback. And I mean, that's no different than what Kevin Sumlin did here with Case Keenum. 
he got lucky for a year with Johnny at, at A&M and then where'd his career go? Uh, I think, like you said, Chris, Willie Fritz is a really attractive candidate. I don't know if Willie Fritz is in the running for other jobs. I, I just, I don't know. Um, but this is the region of the country where he has excelled and he has deep ties in this area. And I'm asking him, he's 63, he's a little older, but I think we're past the point of that mattering. You're not looking for a guy to be your head coach for 25 years. You need a guy to settle this stuff down and get it right and groom the next head coach. Yep, that's that's fair. And I'll say this, I'm not, it's, I mean, this is not breaking news, but at the conference USA, football media, excuse me, the American media day. Coach Fritz, he says all the right things. He loves Tulane and his wife are happy in Tulane and all, all that. But he kind of made it clear to, to us off the record. If the right job came along, I wouldn't be interested and I would not mind leaving Tulane for the right job. Now, it's going to be on him, his family, his wife, et cetera, all that to determine if Houston is the right job. You know, if Pod Slam Ajama paid me enough, I would leave Go Cougs and and come over to, with y'all. I mean, oh, I'm very that? happy, I'm very happy with GoCougs.com, and they've really taken care of me over the years. But if the right job came along, of course. Yeah, we gotta we gotta talk to you know trust Gus. You know, maybe we need to uh, have a conversation. But and, and, yeah, I, well, and let's put it out r- there. Rupert, hold it. Hold, well, go ahead, Chris. Let's put it out there. We got the collaboration. This foursome, the technology exists. It's another example of the technology being allowed, being available for us to bring you this impromptu Les Rage Cook show to talk about everybody's favorite alma mater. Ryan is with Go Cougs, but we all talk about the Cougs, cover the Cougs, and do a good job covering the Cougs. Folks, if you're out there, if you have the means, to support us going forward and to help us expand. Let's imagine what we could do with more. Dayon, Andy, Ryan. Ryan, I'm not going to speak for you and your budget, but we've, we've done a lot with less compared to other folks. Like, for example, I'm putting out there, Field of 68. That's national. They got budget go all over the country to cover college basketball, blah, 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 blah. But imagine what we could do with a huge budget or a bigger budget to cover the kooks in football, basketball, heck, other UH sports. Golf. I know Ryan will take over golf uh, real quickly. I'd like to also shout out. By Star the way, Pizza. Dana Holgerson. Got to get to that read, read, sir. Star Pizza with multiple locations across the Houston area. Star Pizza is your go-to stop before or after the game. Be sure to stop by any of their locations every Tuesday during lunchtime for an all-you-can-eat pizza buffet. That's at all three of their locations. Again, Star Pizza, your go-to stop before or after the game. Sorry, uh, Star Ryan. Pizza. Go ahead. Star, Star Pizza, pizza. Houston. Go ahead, Ryan. Love Star Pizza. Now that you're out of a job, Dana, we have writing and podcasting jobs available (laughs) if that's something you're looking into. You know, you're going to be tempted to go to ESPN or Fox, but really stay here. Stay at home. You don't have to leave. You can do it from home. Just think about it, Dana. 
We've had such a good relationship. <laughs> think about it. Just think about it. You know, and Dan, I, I say hello. I know you kind of wonder who who I was a few times you saw me covering the team earlier this this uh, season. How you doing? You want to be want to be a guest on my shows? You have time now. Just saying. I do want to bring up this comment by NRG Texas. I think this is really, it emphasizes how important and why it was the move that had to be made. He says that Saturday, I was ready to turn in my UH card. Sunday, I'm still holding. If they get this higher right, ready to commit and invest. Again, when the reason why it was a move that had to be made under Dana Horvitz's leadership, there was none of that optimism that had been burned. And really, even heading into the season, there wasn't an optimism about the program as much more as it was optimism towards, hey, they're going to be finally going to be part of the Big 12. They're going to be playing all these Power 5 schools, a lot of these rivalries, um, obviously Texas being the number one school that everyone's looking forward to. And <laughs> to quote Chris Paul, you know, stuff went bad real quick. Um, keep it PG for for the purpose of the show. But <laughs> when that happened, you know, it Rice, the moment they lost to Rice, all that goodwill went out the window. And honestly, if we're looking at a doomsday clock, it, it was just a matter of time after they lost uh, to the Rice Owls. And it just kept getting worse and, and worse. Now, granted, there was some. The, the bull the bound Rice part, Owls. The bowl, the bowl bound Rice Owls that finished six and six or Houston finished four and eight. They went four and four in their inaugural year in the American Athletic Conference or Houston went two and seven in theirs in the Big 12. Dana Dimmel just got fired at UTEP. How about that? All of the U of H guys. Yeah. Well, anyways. <laughs> yep. Sorry, Dana. Dana. Sorry, Dana. Dana Dimmel, now that you have time. Just kidding. Uh, Dana Dimmel really didn't like me. That was a dark, uh, dark era at Houston for, under him, too. But Yeah. That, anyways. <laughs> uh, Andy, to your point, since 2020, since the beginning of 2021, when you lose that game to Texas Tech at NRG, the support has been an inch deep. People have just waited for a reason to bail. And, you know, last year, crowds were not great. This year... The crowds were less than what you expected. Yeah. You expected a sellout against UTSA. You didn't get it. You expected one against TCU. You didn't get it. The sellout against UT was because there was a lot of orange in the stadium. And then your other home games, you did not have very many people there. Uh, you did not bring as many to Rice as you have in years past. It's the support was not there and and people were not interested in the product compare that to what you're seeing at Fertitta. I think the crowds for most games have been bigger than I would have expected. This people year, are not yeah. excited about Montana and uh, I, who was uh, the first game? Louisiana. I'm so blanking out. Louisiana, uh, Monroe. Louisiana Monroe, ULM. And it, nobody cares, but the crowds have been bigger and they've been allowed Yes. And you just have not seen that at TDECU in Dana's entire tenure. Uh, he was difficult from the moment he got here. And it was always clear to me that that turned people off. Yes. And, you know, from the opening games when he was here, it was Prairie View. It was Washington State at NRG. And the crowds were never just that good. And people, once the King bailed, People bailed too. 
and how that was handled was that that embarrassing. Was, embarrassing. Yeah. embarrassing. Yeah. yeah. You know, it I'm just the Derek King situation was embarrassing. How it was handled was embarrassing. Well, it, it started from when Dana got here. He said yes. before he did anything, he said, well, I need to meet with the quarterback and we got to we got to make sure that we're on the same page. And Derek King got injured in 2018 in the Tulane game right before halftime. By that point in the season, 10 and a half games, he had accounted for 50 touchdowns. So Dana says, genius, I'm going to change everything you do. You scored way too many touchdowns. We got to dial that back and, and put a crap offense in, which is exactly why Derek King left. Yep. And you had 40-plus games with Clayton Toon. And Clayton turned into an, a good quarterback, but he was definitely hampered by the offense and the lack of creativity uh, coming from the top. Right, right, And he right. wasn't put Hold in up, right? positions to succeed. I thought in 2019, I thought he just got thrown Hogo in. Hogo was, was an offensive genius. I heard that on the television yesterday. Yeah, they said I, it yesterday. So I'm like, That's what I said, Andy. Pay attention. You said at the same time. <laughs> Sir. So it, it's just. Who's, whose house is that coming from? I think Dayon's. Is you know, that you, Dayon? Yeah. 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 But it's okay. just the issue Ooh. of Dana, he did a great sales pitch to get the job. He did enough to keep the job. But finally, the folks are tired of realizing this man is not the right man for the job and made the move. And now it's time for Houston to make the right hire. And Ryan, you and I touched on it. Andy, Dan, we touched on it. They have a great winning example on campus in men's basketball. So I don't know. You know, it took you all so long to finally make this move. It's done now. But men's hoops is now nationally relevant. Nationally, not just locally, (laughs) state, nationally relevant. Houston has so much talent for football, high school, to be, what is it now, Ryan? Andy, 101, 102 in recruiting rankings. It was 101st last time I checked. The ship sailed on the 24. That just should not happen for the Houston Cougars football in the Big 12 now because that excuse, we're not not Power 5, that's gone to not get elite talent. Not to get all five-star, we're not talking about all that, but get Big 12 caliber talent to shine in football in the Big 12 at Houston. Yeah. A head-scratcher that well, they were in the American, a G5 school, they had better recruiting rankings than <laughs> now that they're a power program. Never made sense. It didn't, but hey, I'm just happy that uh, the move is made. I'm happy that fans are following, are finding this edition of the show with these four handsome faces on the screen, and they haven't turned away from it. Yes, we're talking... <laughs> You know, I mean, we're talking less rage on that topic, we're even on the big screen, Chris. Look at that. Shout out Hoop and Holler Houston. They have us on there. Big Excellent. Screen. Excellent. Appreciate everybody. Ooh, this is. Should be perennial. <laughs> I don't know about that. That's going a little bit too far. Even with, even with the expansion, 12 teams. But, 
But I think they mean they should be competing for the Big 12 championship. Yes, like, competing in theory. for the Big 12. Well, yeah, even if, if you, if you yeah. well, I was just about to say, no, I, no, I agree with that because I think they have not only the resources but the talent pool within Houston, not only within Houston, within Texas, the entire state. So I, this him, this hire is so important that if they get it right, I think they have enough young talent that they, we we didn't even see, and with the either the talent that they do have. With the right coach, it doesn't have to be a two to three, four year window for them to kind of turn around and see a different product. I think with the right coach, the right hire, we can see better than what we saw this year, and then going forward for the following years, be contending like a for the playoffs every year. What What do y'all think about Brian Early, head coach for the Cougs? I like Brian a lot. But I don't think he's ready to be a head coach. I, I think I, I think you need a guy that's done it before. And that's just – I just think that's so important to have someone that can build a program because you need to build it from every level. You need to get day-to-day supporters, low in-season ticket holders back enthused. You need to repair recruiting relationships. You need to put the infrastructures in place – not paranoid infrastructures, which you've had for the last five years, mm-hmm. that was so focused on anything bad said about them. You need people that, that get it. And mm-hmm. you need a leader in terms of an AD, a board of regents head, a president that sees that, that can see the vision that is needed to put this together. And you know, I don't want to keep comparing it to Kelvin Sampson, but it's got to be in the same sort of mold. It's going to be different because the size of the program is so much different. Yes. The budgets are different and the scope is different. Kelvin can go and find three guys every year, four guys that he wants to recruit and totally focus on them. You can't do that in football. But U of H has just missed on that that top level so many times that it's important that they get this right, their thinking, and find somebody that has that experience. I have said in other places that Kansas and Kansas State have done it the way that I think U of H should do it. They went and found guys that had won at every level in Kleinman and Leopold. Those guys are winners. They're not sexy. They're not the big coordinator names that you hear about. But what have they done? They have taken programs Kansas State that was once great and has brought them back. And Leopold is building a, a more abundant, a horrible Kansas program into something pretty solid. And that's what you need. It doesn't have to be sexy. It has to be right. Right. Agree. And- Agree with Corey Miller's comment. Uh, in a perfect world, they could keep Brian Early on the staff. I think that'd be a, that'd be a group positive with whoever. Yeah, but you need a, a head coach has to make that call. I It's right. a bad idea to say, well, you have to keep this guy. I just don't think that's that's what you want to do to a coach when he starts out. Yeah, that's yeah, that a great coach. Yeah, that will allow him to really implement his culture. And I agree with really everything Brian said. I think you you start fresh. I don't think you promote – I don't think that – you can sell that because we're, we're speaking in reference and marketing and being – you need someone like Brian is saying – I mean, like Ryan is saying who's established. 
uh, like a Gary Patterson or like a Willie Freeman, someone who's built programs, not only that, has the track record from high school and, and be able to recruit and, and build a program. And I don't know, not to Brian or, or where he is. I just no. think it, it would be good to promote him. I don't think that's a, although he's had success with the D line, that's totally different from coaching and running a football program. Brian is a fantastic coach and has done everything right here. He has went and recruited junior college kids and developed them. He's recruited high school kids and developed them. He's gotten P5 transfers and developed them. The numbers show every year that they're the best unit on this team. From the middle of this year to the end of this year, they were the only unit that went the right way. Everything else went the wrong way. But defensive line improved. But it's a stretch to go from D-line coach to head coach. I'm an LSU guy. We did that with Ed Ogeron. And you caught lightning in a bottle one year, but then the whole thing imploded. Not saying that about Brian, but he, he needs to get to the D.C. level. And if, if he were to be hired as defensive coordinator under a new head coach, I'd be all for that. What do you think about this? Nagabi came from Tulane, right? Yeah. Yep. Willie Fritz hired here. He's worked with Nagabi. I think Nagabi could do a better job a year or two under Willie Fritz. They had a lot of success working together, running over folks oh. last year, especially. <laughs> you know, it's, I just, it's important to get the right hire, going with substance not necessarily flash because this hire is important. And I hope I'm, I'm sure Tillman remembers it because we kind of referenced it yesterday. I think a viewer brought it up that Tillman said Dana Hogan will be his last hire at Houston. Well, 24 hours later or less than 24 hours later. No, it's not Tillman. Get this right. Make the right hire. Not just someone you can just toss money at because you have it to spend. It's important to make this right hire to establish a Houston Cougar football culture that can succeed in the Big 12. Long-term, not just for a year, long-term. And to bring up that point about Nagavi, I think there's still still question mark. Like, what happened in March? What happened in the spring to cause the influx of transfer out from the offensive line? That's something that, and, and Ryan, I'm curious to see if, if um, what are your thoughts on that? But that, from the moment it happened, was a head scratcher. And really, it's something that came back and bit this specific team in the butt over the course of the entire season, specifically on that right side of the offensive line. Well, you fired the OL coach. And Dana told us yesterday that contracts matter. Well, Brandon Jones had a contract. Uh and he went to Missouri, and how have they done? Pretty well. Cameron mm-hmm. Johnson went with him. Uh, you lost other guys, Sylvester and um, a few others. And, but I, I, don't, I don't have a problem with people leaving. Frankly, you lost – Cameron was a pretty good player. The other guys you lost, I mean, okay. Uh, you're going to lose a lot this year. And I don't think the offensive line got worse. I don't know if they got better. I don't think there was a lot of talent there. Um, 
you need to find somebody that can help bring in that talent. If that's Nagabi, fine. He does have another year or two left on his deal. So you're going to pay him one way or the other. And if the next guy wants to keep him, great. If not, okay. Uh, he's been pleasant and good with us, uh, easy to work with. So on that end, I'm fine with it. I'm going to put this up, get your thoughts on it, Ryan, because I think you joined us right after we talked about Cliff. What are your thoughts on it? <laughs> Agree. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Not going to Hang happen. on. Hang on. No. <laughs> Cliff is at USC as quarterback coach, and they've completely fallen off a cliff. Uh, but he's not the problem necessarily. He doesn't want to recruit. It would be no different than Dana. Um, he has not had success, sustained success as a head coach. And, you know, Texas Tech gave him a long time. And he, he, he brought in good quarterbacks, but that was it. And I, I don't, I just don't see how you go that direction. If you do that, that tells me it's more about flash than substance. Yeah, I agree 100%. Pass, hard, good pass, hard pass on Cliff. Four, well, guys, well, it sounds like the four of us are Willie Fritz, Gary Patterson. Ryan says no to Jeff Trailer because Jeff did not has I, And I don't say no to him, but, but I, I, I need to see more. He's not your top right. candidate. He's not your yeah. top candidate. And, um, and, but I'm going to tell you, I... It, Blow me away. Give me somebody else. Show me somebody else that we're not considering or that's not on the radar, but that has the skill set that you need to build this. Not Tom Herman. Tom <laughs> Herman is a is a no go. Anybody uh, I've seen him in the Chronicle and other sites have him listed, and I just this yeah, it's no. not happening. No, he just got Rice Bowl eligible yesterday, I believe. So exactly. And Rice, that's certainly not like what it. you want <laughs> in a coach. Yeah. Um, Duarte and without has a JT name. Daniels, right? Yes, correct. Which I did not know until I re read this, the uh, summary. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he hadn't played in a few weeks. But uh, John Summeroff from Troy, that's a guy. So he's only good. been there two years. Mm -hmm. He was at, I, I believe, Kentucky before that. And he's San had Diego, two great years. Tulane, Ole Miss, and Kentucky. Yeah. He's had two great years. But, you know, I would need to know more about him in his situation. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm willing to, to, to think about different kind of names and ideas. You know, who does Saban have in his uh, Reformation camp over there? Uh, <laughs> I think Tommy, Re and Tommy Reese is his offensive coordinator. That's the name that's been thrown around. He got a lot of experience. Um, another name that I've been that I'm high on as a coordinator is Lincoln Riley's brother. He just got hired at Clemson for the offensive coordinator, but he's been in a TCU um, previous before that. I think he I think he's a really solid candidate, young and really innovative offense. But in regards to, I think he's someone who you can give a long term and, and let him prove himself because he hasn't proven that he can do those things. I just think he has good factors about him that, that make him a, a solid candidate. Yeah, ESPN and, and The Athletic are reporting Jeff Banks, special teams coach, coordinator at, at Texas. What's his background besides special teams? I'm asking because I don't know. Titans. Um, he's a recruiter. 
Yeah, but I, it's a different thing to recruit at Alabama and Texas than it is U of H. Yeah. And it's just not the same ball game. And it's not, I mean, you hear people are great recruiters somewhere else, but that doesn't mean they can do it in this situation. And, you know, a guy like Willie Fritz has recruited in this situation. Jeff Trailer has recruited in this situation. It's not the same. And, and Banks has not been a coordinator, I don't think. He's not been a head coach. For what I want, for program builder, he doesn't fit that. Well, Rusty is, is our yes, I was literally re- about re- resident putting resident cold water contrarian. on Gary Patterson, TCU legend, fired him. He's in his 60s. Fritz, also in his 60s, a couple of good seasons. After decades of mediocrity. Well, what have you done here for the last decade, save one really good season? And I'm not saying that about 2021. I'm saying that about 2015. I don't think 2021 was a great season. It was a horrible schedule. And 20, I think 2016 was a better season than 2021, to be honest. Um, you won how, nine how games long ago that was that? Year. Yeah. Yeah, it was seven years ago. So in, it, Willie Fritz has built something. If, if he's not your candidate, fine. I would want to hear, has Gary Patterson got that fire back? Because that's the important thing. It, Dana did not have that fire when he came here. Uh, Mac Brown lost it at UT, but has found it again and, and did some really nice things at North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that what you're getting? Or are you getting a guy that wants a check? You know, that wants a big 12 title. U of H hired Dana Holgerson to coach in the AAC. They did not hire him to coach in the big 12. He was wholly unprepared for it. He was wholly unprepared for the dedication and the hours. And you saw it every game day. He was so frustrated and angry because he hadn't been there seeing the day-to-day things with this team, with the different units and, and understanding his program. His wasn't there. And you need somebody that has that fire that wants to go do that. I'm not sure if, if this is but accurate or not. It never does really matter. Les Miles, no. <laughs> the, the, the way he left, no. <laughs> no. What you guys think about Kendall Browse? He was coordinator here when Derek King had their success. No. I know his father and the, the, nope. the last name still strikes a lot of people. What he's doing at TCU? Nope. <laughs> No, nope. I mean, they he got a lot of injuries in regards to that quarterback. It's not the, Kendall's not, offense. Not good. Is, it's not because he's not a bad coach. Offensive coach. I, I just I don't see it. I just yeah. don't see it happening. Been I think there's day. too much. Yeah, and less yeah. miles. Come I don't on. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but let's no, digress. No, so, new no head brows. coach, got to note the um, Ferguson, any sense, has no brows ever. But we got – it's a clean slate. There's some optimism. Now, obviously, the right hire is going to be very important. You kind of have a picture-perfect example. Well, you have two examples. You have one literally right across the street at the Fertitta Center, what happens when, uh, like, a 
obviously with Kelvin Sampson, what happened when the Houston Cougars got the right hire at men's basketball. But even at the football level, look at the pro team. The Texans, they had D'Amico Ryans. Turn it around. The right coach can turn it around relatively quick just in terms of the perception. Because, again, as soon as that game went final, even way long before that, that's just not to go back and harp on it, but there was just no confidence. No confidence the right hire could change that around. We'll see. It's going to be interesting to see, step back and see not only who they choose, but kind of what the message is when they introduce whoever that new head coach is, because it's it's they've kind of put themselves in position where they've had to. Um, I'm talking about Tillman Fertitta and Renu Couture about some of the quotes that they said in the past. They hadn't seemed to work out well. The last time they've, they've sat at there in a press conference and introduced new head coach, I'm curious to see what their strategy is whenever they introduce the new guy, whoever that may be. Hey, Andy, what do you think? What do, who do you think should be the new head coach? Did you think they should Woody be Fritz. fired? What do you know? no, I think Willie Fritz should be okay. the one. All right. He's number one on my list. We, we got what? this comment got put down real quick. <laughs> we need a builder, not a has-been. Gary is a has-been. Jeff Trailer is a builder. But then the re- retort, Samson was a has-been. That's, that, I mean, Keller Samson was run out of NCAA basketball. He was. He had to go rebuild his image in the NBA. And folks don't remember when he was hired at, by Houston, Kelvin Sampson. What he run out of what, what, why are we bringing him in? What, what Kelvin Sampson, huh? Mm. Kelvin's a guy that went and got reinvigorated in the NBA. Yes. He mm-hmm. says a lot of the things they do now, a lot of the way he runs practice is because of what he learned in the NBA. Yes. And that is a, I mean, that's a, a diamond in the rough kind of situation. You're not going to find that thing again. Uh, but you need somebody who has, who just has a plan. Who's got <sighs> your first thing is you've got to find offensive alignment. And the second thing is you've got to decide if you think Donovan Smith is the guy. Yeah. And yeah. that's your, I mean, offensive line is the biggest problem, but Donovan might be the first thing addressed. Do you think he's the guy? I think he went the wrong way this year. U of H was uh, top five in turnovers lost through six games. I think they finished 73rd because he he threw 10 interceptions in the last six games. Uh, It was not pretty. Uh, Y'all, do y'all think Donovan's the right guy? I'd like to to take your show over and start asking y'all questions. No, I'd like to give him one more season. What's the right coach? Because I, okay. I think Dana kind of just messed him up toward the end of the season, yeah. honestly. They didn't put him in positions to succeed oftentimes. I mean, look at how long it took them to finally start using him in QB sneak situations. And even then, like they, they ran him a lot. Chris, you mentioned it in yesterday's show where uh, oftentimes he was like their lead rusher when you had guys like Parker Jenkins on the team. I don't necessarily know if he was put in the right position to succeed. And then again, the offensive line wasn't doing him any favors on oftentimes – uh, there were some sacks where he would hold on to the ball a lot, made some questionable yes. decisions where he missed just open guys. Um, but he wasn't done any favors when it came to offensive line and even some of the play calling that he was put in. I think he has the talent and the tools that he can. It's the right coaching and the right development that's put around him, and he can he can be a, he can be a good quarterback. But I also think that. He has to be competent and to earn it. He's not – wasn't so good to where he's our yeah. quarterback Gordon. Nah. I think he can be, though, with the right situation around him, good offensive line, 
but too many, too many mistakes. Bad, his bad throws and bad interceptions are like really bad. Yeah. And so, but he has the tools that can make the throws. But yeah, I, I'm not just sold on one hundred percent. We're getting, we're getting so many comments from the from the audience. But I want to touch Mr. on this. One. <clears throat> put These up kids don't like playing for old coaches. I don't know about that. I'm not sure about that because, uh, yeah, that's they want to win. <laughs> they want to yeah, win. And they spend most of the time with their position coaches, and a lot of those times that they're often the, the younger coaches who are going out in the urban communities and recruiting some of these these players. And so, I, and I think older coaches are innovative in that way of realizing being at the times now where it's really first Gary Patterson. I think he's reinvented because he went to Texas and, and, and seen with with um, Steve Sarkeesian, he was on staff, seeing what he's doing over there. And so I think he would have a plan, really would have a plan. These older coaches, like, they have experience. They've done it. They know what it takes. They know what it, the times are changed versus how when they very first got into coaching. Now, there is one thing <clears throat> that Duarte referenced about Gary Patterson as a concern or a question about him that needs to be addressed for sure. Is he willing to adapt to this era of NIL because if he's not, don't hire him. If he's, yeah. if he's one of those really old school, uh, these kids shouldn't be paid. No, don't, you, you don't, don't come here. <laughs> no. You know, that's another tell. thought is the NIL, the NIL part is that Logan Holgerson was running that for U of H football. Yes. And so you lose that level as well as the head football coach. Um, if Willie Fritz, well, back up, Donovan Smith, Smith needs somebody to compete against for this job. Yes. The competition against Lucas Coley last year was kind of a farce. We were sold that it was a real competition, but it was kind of a farce. You brought in Donovan. You had promised him this money, this NIL money. It was his job. If Willie Fritz comes, does he bring Michael Pratt, the quarterback at Tulane that has done so much? Uh, he thought about entering the, the portal. He thought about the NFL draft. He's got another year. Does he bring him? And does he push Donovan and perhaps take the head job? That could be an interesting idea. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, does a coach, whoever the next guy is, does he have a, a, a relationship with a quarterback that can come in, whether mid-semester or next summer, and, and challenge Donovan for this job because I don't think anybody on the roster should be guaranteed their spot for next year. Not Matthew Golden, not Parker Jenkins, not anybody on defense. Everybody should have to win the job. Uh, Dana was a big fan of handing the quarterback job to his guy. He did it with Clayton for four years, never brought in competition that could compete. And I just think that's the wrong way to go. I think every guy needs to compete every day for his job. And great coaches understand that that competition, that day-to-day -day competition, is what makes them great on game day. Yeah, I agree with thousand percent. It makes no sense to just give a, give a job away. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think that most throughout the entire team, if everyone is competing for the job on a day-to-day -day basis, nothing is handed out. And, you know, that's for sure. Yeah, this comment is important. Curious to get everyone's <laughs> thoughts. What's one moment you remember from the Dana Holgerson era? 
And I think uh, the, the biggest, I, I'll go, let me go first. Go first. Go first. I have something in mind. Go ahead. Well, there's so many you could choose from. Um, UConn. I believe that was his first season, 2019. 2019, the day hot Logan mic. started. That was a hot mic where he got caught saying, I can't fucking coach this shit. Uh, <clears throat> not to, you know, break airways, but that that's what he got caught saying, correct? It's YouTube. Hey, you can say it on YouTube. You yeah, I don't think he YouTube. said the F word, but he said the rest, yeah. He repeated it twice, by the way. That's the moment <laughs> that from, from that moment right there. Uh... They won that game, by the way. Didn't look pretty, but they won that game. For me, I, I think it was last year against Rice when whoever the play-by-play person was calling the game said, reference Dana and his Red Bulls and vodka on the broadcast. And I was like, it's even nationally known that this man drinks Red Bull and vodka and he's a famous football program. And I was just like, Wow. So I, that's that's what I remember about Dan Hogerson. That's Dan also the like, game where fans were booing, and he got caught telling them, you know, go to hell. <laughs> if you remember that, um, I'm going to be nice because I am a gentle creature. And my Dana favorite, knows. my favorite moment was in 2021 in the Texas Tech game. You put a long drive together to start that game. And then he onside kicked him and got it. And that was the one moment in five years. I was like, hell yeah. Good job, Dana. Way to go. Like, Ugh! but then the other times. <laughs> um, his reaction to Justin Murphy's tweet storm about the H-Town shutdown and all of that. Eh, not so great. How he reacted to other different things, not so great. He just wasn't a fit. But the the onside kick, that's that's my memory. My memory probably would be how he handled the whole De'Aaron King situation. Just coming off the season he had with Marquez Stevenson, the talent, and him supposedly being an offensive genius. And he just, it was just like, I don't know. It was that was, and along with his body language, I've never seen a head coach have the body language he has during a press conference. I've never seen it with any other coach. I'm sure it's out there, but he would be just slouching over, hand over, and just be like, just whatever. And that's another thing that I, those two things probably I remember most about him. I just had two memories pop into my head. Ryan, do you remember? I think this was this spring, this past spring, when he just called you out. I said, Ryan, I know you like to ask about the kickers. You don't have a competition about the kickers. <laughs> yeah, and then he pushed out the other guy about a week later. Yeah. Who, um, Kyle Ramsey. Kyle Ramsey, I think, went seven of nine on kicks of 40 yards or longer this year at Abilene Christian. He was perfect, I believe, from 50-plus. Hmm. Dana brought in a kicker from tech, from Alabama that was horrible from 40 plus. He was three of nine. You pushed out a pretty solid kicker in Kyle Ramsey to, you know, give the job to a, a kid from Alabama, a good guy. Jack Martin is, is fantastic. But, you know, that's a spot where competition would have been valued. Mm-hmm. They did not give Kyle Ramsey a scholarship, which – was baffling. Uh, Jack Martin had one. So it was, 
I, I don't understand that whole component. Uh, special teams got worse as the year went on this year, and that's yeah. a concern. I mean, for four and a half years, I thought Dana Holgerson had really good special teams. Uh, Blake Gideon was a coach here the first year, maybe two, then went to Ole Miss, and then it was Mark Scott. And it was, you know, I thought that was one thing that they did right. Mm-hmm. Have you know, anybody noticed or been sent tweets or comments from the current players about today's firing? Or have the p- players been put on, don't post anything yet? Don't post. Uh, the, the defensive players are rallying behind Brian Early, a few behind Archie McDaniel. I have not seen any around Belk. Belk is not going to be here next year. Yeah, he won't be back, you know. Uh, but Brian Early has a lot of groundswell support. Um, it, uh, I am not a person that believes you ask the players because they can transfer out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, they're not in the best position. Oh, no, I'm just curious. Figure out who the CEO this is. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I want. Well, I haven't seen gone. that. I've not seen that. And they should not tweet that. Don't tweet that. That's not going to help you out. It's not. Uh, yeah. Well, they had to get off the sinking ship uh, tweet that came out in the spring. Apparently, it was a sinking ship all along. Real quickly, down before you go, uh, shout out to Houston Cougars Germany for the super sticker. Very happy tonight. Wishes Coach Hogerson all the best. We need, first and foremost, an exceptional recruiter. recruiter. said, go rage. Cougs from this is Germany, good. so they support Houston Cougars, Germany. This is well put. Dana wasn't a good representation of the University of Houston. Innovative, resilient, powerful. Dana wasn't a good recruiter. Always made excuses when times got rough. Acted like a brat. Hey, Can you put that back up? Sure. Innovative, resilient, powerful. That's a really great way to summarize u of h i think that's really smart um dana at one point in his life was the most innovative coach i ever saw i thought what he did when he came here in 2008 was genius i mean really genius he was not resilient powerful no i mean he made 35 million dollars in five years here so uh good for him uh th- maybe 38 i think um so there's some power in that but no he was he was not innovative this go around but i like innovative resilient and powerful for the university of houston i think that's a really great way to put it this has been great almost at an hour talking about being horse and being fired <laughs> well, <laughs> An impromptu schedule, you know, we put it out there yesterday that if it happens, we would do a show and it happened and we're doing a show. As we begin to wind things down, one more uh, shout out to our sponsor for today's episode, Just Star Pizza. With multiple locations across the Houston area, Star Pizza is your go-to stop before or after the game. Be sure to stop by any of their locations every Tuesday during lunch for an all-you-can-eat pizza buffet. That's at all three of the locations every single Tuesday during lunchtime. Once again, Star Pizza is your go-to stop before or after the game. Final thoughts? Maybe... Uh, Ryan, do you know the answer to this question? What happens with Dana's $1 million donation to the facilities? 
Uh, Does he get it back? So he got a one million dollar bonus, I believe, when he was when U of H entered the Big Twelve, and mm-hmm. believe it was just a transfer to the facility. So I don't think he gets that back. I mean, I, I just I think that's how it went. Okay. What's your guys' thoughts on the next coach, depending on who it be? What, how quick is the turnaround? Do you guys think how long does it take? How long before he can compete for Big Twelve titles and playoff contention? Honestly, mm. my reaction right now is, if it's Tulane, how will Coach Fritz handle this week? Because they're playing for a conference championship. Will he address it? You know, some coaches run from it, run from the questions, how will be handled, and then how will the players respond? If Will Houston go, what the Aggies did with Kevin Sumlin, make the move the day of the conference championship game, and you just saw the life out of the players that sucked out of it. That's drained out. That was the worst performance they had all year. Will Houston do that to Tulane? How will it be handled if they decide that Coach Willie Fritz is the number one option for them for Houston? Well, a lot of that is what a coach allows you to do. Mm-hmm. And if if I'm the coach and that team that I'm coaching right now means something to me, I'm saying, don't you dare, or I'm out. Um, we can do this as soon as the game is over. You know, there's no point. I just think it's a chicken shit thing for schools to do, to be yes. honest. Yeah, I agree. Um, but the little worms that they send that to Pete Thamel and others. I just, I'm not a fan of that at all. I don't, I don't like it. Um, Andy, have you written your column for this week? I waited for today. I did it. I did it. I waited today. So no, you haven't. Okay. Got it. (laughs) I'm going to write that down in your personnel file. Okay. All right. Um, My final thoughts is get this right. Yes. The transfer portal opens in eight days. If you don't have the right guy, then it's fine. Get it right. Timing is important. Getting it right is way more important. Winning a press conference lasts one news cycle. Getting it right could last a generation. Get it right. And, you know, Cleasell... It's always done to us. Who cares about the other schools? No one ever cared about doing that to us. That doesn't make it right. Just because it happened yesterday, was it Friday? With the Michigan State, Oregon State announcing they were hiring Oregon State's coach before the game. You Okay. You, just because other programs do that doesn't mean Houston has to do it. Just because it's done in Houston doesn't mean we have to do it. If you're going to hire Willie Fritz, what does it matter if you announce it the Saturday of the championship game or Monday? Yeah. What, what difference? Um, I just i I would want a coach that cared more about his current players than allowing something like that to happen. Yeah, and I think it's just it's small time. If you're big time, act big time. Also, looking at there's a there's a way that a coach can do that, but still be honest and, and, and talk with his men because at the end of the day, these athletes are men. So you can dress your men and say, hey, this is something I want to come to y'all before it comes out. 
I'm committed to this, but I love you all as men, and I'm still committed to finishing this game, the bowl game, whatever the case may be. As men, I think young men can can respect that versus before. I get it if you were the it, it's tweeted out of here, back from there, then I that I don't like that. But I can still see a scenario where a coach can be committed. It's like hey, don't put it out to school, don't put it out, those things like we're saying. But as long as they address those men, if you yeah, you know, tell tell the agent, tell my agent, tell a school, we have a deal. Do not put this out until I talk to my players. Do not put this out until the game is over. However you want to handle it, but it doesn't matter that it was done to us. So what? Be bigger than that. Where's be big time program? Like Ryan is saying, big time program. You don't have to do all this. If, if who in the free. past, who in the past in a in Dan, I agree with you. I think Dion did it this way at Jackson State. He did. In that he went in and talked to his guys and said, I'm taking this job. I should take this job. This is a bigger opportunity. But besides him, I'm trying to think of another coach that handled it that way. And uh, I mean, I, and you know, I think Jackson state played in the celebration bowl after that and just kicked the crap out of someone. Mm -hmm. And so that proves that it can be done and it it can be done the right way. But I'm just trying to think of someone who did it that way. And I'm drawing a blank. The only reason, you know, Dion did it because he was publicized. I think. Yeah, well, Dion told us that he did it. Yeah. Right. And he publicizes pretty much everything within some, a lot of stuff within the program. And so I can't think of anyone off the top because of, they, yeah. they hadn't publicized it, but I'm sure it's been done. Yeah. It's not that many. Not that many. But that's pretty much going to do it for today's episode. A special edition of Let's Reach Cougs. Ryan, thank you for taking the time to be a guest. Um, the floor is yours. Where can people find you and anything else you'd like to re- promote? Uh, just the gocougs.com. We're everywhere. We're adding new ventures starting this week. I'm pretty excited about uh, We have Andy for a little while longer, maybe. I don't know. Uh <laughs> We have other writers, photographers, podcasters, Dave Campbell's Texas football. Uh, we're going to cover Dana. Pot- Dana. Come on. You know this would be fun. Me and you doing a podcast together. We can do it at whatever bar you want. I'm in if you're in, Dana. GoCooks.com. We've got – get that logo out of my head. Why don't you get that logo there? Trying to hide mine. Uh, <laughs> GoCougs.com. We're covering basketball bigger than we have in the past. We're traveling all over the country. Um, Going to be a lot of fun. So GoCougs.com, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, other stuff. GoCougs.com. Find Andy Giannis at GoCougs.com. And you can find me, follow me on Houston Rombard View on the platforms, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Spotable, Threads, et cetera. I'm here to head to uh, Fertitta to watch U.S. women's basketball against New Orleans, see if the Cousins go to 4-0. Thank you to Ryan and Dan, Andy, and all the folks chiming in on this special edition of Less Rage Cougs as we discussed the Houston Cougars firing of Dana Hogerson. And once again, I'm surprised they did it. Pleasantly surprised. The folks who told me back in July that if he doesn't go five and seven, he's gone. Well, they were right. Houston did it. But thank you, everybody. And 
we'll see you soon. Take care. Yeah, just reiterate thanks to each and every single one of you guys that took the time to watch, whether it was on the Houston Rumble Review YouTube channel, on the Pod Slime Jamma YouTube and X platforms. Uh, most importantly, you can still support us by hitting the subscribe button and the like button on this video. We can never say thank you enough. And of course, to our sponsor for today's episode of Let's Rage Coogs and Al Star Pizza. Once again, with multiple locations across the Houston area, Star Pizza is your go to stop before or after the game or before or after a coaching hire. And be sure to stop by at any one of their three locations on Tuesday during lunchtime for their pizza buffet. And Dayan, as always, you get the final words. You can follow me on social media platforms at Dayan Donuts. Always a pleasure joining you guys. And it was happy to join you guys on this Sunday for as we rejoice and see who Houston hires and see if they can restore hope for the football program. And as always, support Ryan, go Cougs, and it's always go Cougs. <laughs>